At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast this is betting across america on vsin the sports betting network It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We are here at Circus Sportsbook on a beautiful Sunday. How was your Sunday morning so far, sir? Uh, it's been all right. Been bad. very, very low-key to start the day. So a uh, lot of stuff to get to, though. Uh, oh, did boy. start out Sunday morning, at least with a winner. That Roland Garros. We talked about it yesterday uh, in the lead-in to your half of Betting Across America. We talked about Rafa Nadal and Casper Ruud and I didn't want to lay the big price with Nadal. I wish I would have laid the games, but I did take the under games, mm-hmm. 34 Nadal in straights, I believe, 6-3, uh, 6-3, six, six, three, six, six love. love. How about that? So, Casper Ruud, very good player. But look, when you get onto that stage and it's like, you know, he had been talking about, that's my idol. That's my idol. And all of a sudden, you're looking across at your idol who has never lost a French Open final, still has not lost one. And Amazing. All of a sudden, Djokovic gets to that magic number of 20, and it's like, okay, now it's going to be one-way traffic. These guys are at the uh-uh. end. Rafa Nadal already two for two in Grand Slams this year, the Australian Open and also now the French Open. Novak, I still think, is going to be the favorite, the clear favorite for Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. So it's going to be kind of cool to see these two go back and forth. Maybe Roger Federer's got one oh, last run nice in Wimbledon. but. I think, you know, it's going to be between Novak and Nadal to see who has the most slams, and now it is Rafa Nadal at 22. You know, it's something that you and I did talk about briefly yesterday in our crosstalk for betting across America in that the, the greater picture of Rafa Nadal. Now, clearly, he's the king of clay. There, mm-hmm. It's just indisputable, right? But I do think you're right that I think we thought Novak with the all-court game getting to 20, and you thought, all right, well, it's Novak as the greatest of all time. He may still get there in that, you know, kind of fictional uh, belt that you would wear, if you will. But Nadal has reasserted himself now with this Aussie Open Championship and backing that up with the French Open. I mean, if if he was able to go to Wimbledon and win Mm -hmm. another one... Mm I, then you're talking, oh, we're going to maybe get the Grand Slam in a calendar year for, for, Rafa for an aging Rafa at all. Yes. Everybody wants to retire the guy. And I'm like, no. retire him. He's still at the top. Because of his I game. was thinking he was getting close to the end, too. And then he wins the Australian Open. And I'm like, man, this guy, this guy just punches back. He's such a fighter and he just never gives in. So, you know, is going to be fascinating going forward. You know, Novak has not had a lot of the reps early this year, but. I still think he's the rightful favorite for uh, Wimbledon here in a few weeks. I agree. And again, uh, I was on the first set for Rafa, which he had to sweat out a little bit, but he didn't win that set 6-3. You know, Casper uh, Ruud had a couple breaks yeah. uh, in this match. When you look at the match, you go 6-3, 6-3, 6-love. Well, it's dominant fashion. 
It's just what you said. Once Rafa, who mm. seemingly could break Rude at will, yeah. Once that mental part happens, Rude was like, I well, I'm, and, I'm out. and Rude had him down three to one in the yep. second set, and then Rafa, I think they were like, okay, ten games in a row, and Here then we it go. became eleven games in a row. So you know, Casper Rude maybe just too big of a stage. He's a very good player. No doubt. he's a top five to ten guy in the world. I think he'll be back in a Grand Slam final. But your first time against Rafa Nadal, man, you just. You, you you try to anticipate it and you try to prepare for it. But once you get out there on the court and they start the match, it's like, okay, I'm in a different level right now. Yeah, it was for sure the case today over there at Roland Garros. Uh, you mentioned we got a big show. We do. Andrew McInnes is going to join us uh, later on this hour. Whenever we have Andrew on, we're going to talk NHL. Getting ready to drop the puck in game three in Tampa, Andre Vasilevsky is going to have to be, mm-hmm. and I know how good he's been, and back-to-back cup winners here, but if they're going to get back in the series, it's going to start today, and it's going to start with his goaltending uh, in a critical game for Tampa Bay. We saw Edmonton last night come up short, and their bid to kind of get back in the series against Colorado. Mm-hmm. They lose 4-2. to two. If you had Colorado and got that late goal with the empty netter, you got plus money yeah. on the puck line at plus $1.70. I was on the other side of that last night. Really thought Edmonton early on, you and I talked about it uh, briefly, and we'll talk about more with Andrew, just gave up that momentum after scoring in the first minute of the first period. Then uh, Kane takes that bad penalty. And even though Colorado, as you and I were talking before the show, didn't score on that five minute, it just felt like the energy from that yeah. point kind of sapped the other way. Exactly. It totally changed the game. And nice job killing that penalty by Edmonton. But you got to think, with Edmonton, with all that momentum and that crowd so raucous, it's like they could have maybe been up 2 nothing or 3 nothing right away. And then, of course, it's a totally different hockey game. But now uh, Edmonton's got to go back and try to avoid the sweep tomorrow night. Going to have Dan Titus on in hour number two from the Action Network. Talk all things NBA. Critical game two coming up uh, tonight in Golden State as, as the uh, Warriors are going to take on the Seas in game number two. You don't want to say it's a must win, but when mm-hmm. you lose game one at home – it does feel like it, but I would say this, depending on how game two goes tonight. Remember, Boston hasn't been great at home either. Right. They've been really good on the road, right, as evidenced right. in the Milwaukee series and certainly in the Miami series. But you do get the feel that this is one that if we're really going to have a long series, it mm-hmm. starts tonight with a Golden State victory. Yeah, and I did lay it small with Golden State at minus four. I actually like the total better tonight, 215 and a half. But when you look, game one losers, this goes back about 20 years or so, uh, Game one losers as a home favorite in game two, about 58% against mm-hmm. the number. So you'll take 58% on, on anything in sports betting with the margin of error so thin. And Steve Kerr, 16 and eight against the number off a playoff loss, 11 and six as a home favorite off a playoff loss. Keep in mind, that was a Golden State game for three quarters. That's right. And in the fourth quarter, it wasn't just that the Celtics hit shots. It was that Golden State made some mistakes, including Steve Kerr and the coaching staff. I felt playing Iguodala so much. The first game back from an injury where mm-hmm. he hadn't played in a while was probably a little bit of a mistake in the fourth quarter. I'm interested to see kind of the lineup switches tonight because we saw Golden State at time get stuck out there with where you got five guys, but you got two non-shooters when you got Draymond out there with Kevin Looney. That's right. Or you got Draymond out there with Iguodala or Iguodala out there with Looney. So that's really hard. And then I also think one guy that's going to be a spotlight player is Jordan Poole. Because Jordan Poole, obviously, you have to play him because him and Steph are basically the two guys that you can run pick and roll with, uh, you know, at the top in terms of the ball handler. And the Celtics, you know, that's the defense or that's the offense, really, that you got to play against the Boston Celtics if you're going to score. And that leaves Wiggins open on the wing for corner threes or cuts to the basket. But – 
Jordan Poole's also got to be a little bit better defensively. Yes. There was one time oh when I, I think it was I think it was Jalen Brown. It might have been Tatum. I think it actually was Jalen Brown where he drove to the basket and they showed the super slow-mo of it. Just blows by Jordan Poole. And you see Steph just a few feet away going, what? <laughs> like, like, what was that, kid? Yeah, Come on. He, he was you know, really good. You know, I'm regular... not the greatest defender no. individually, but at least I'm going to try and put a little effort for that. But... Another thing that you saw, I think, with Boston and Golden State is that Golden State is all in on stopping Tatum. Yeah. They were all in. I mean, they were surrounding him. Yeah, they stopped Tatum, but the unfortunate thing Mm -hmm. is that left uh, Big Al, the working man's pal Horford, and Marcus (laughs) Smart, and Derek White, and all these other guys where it's like, okay, we're going to let them beat him, and they did in the fourth quarter, hit 21 threes in that ball game, game one on Thursday night. But I still think the plan is probably going to be similar. It's like, we got to stop Jason Tatum. We cannot let him drive to the basket. So we got to double and, you know, hope that, wa- you know, water finds its level, yeah. so to speak, and that Al Horford doesn't go six of eight from the three. This is a guy that was never it's, it's a three-point shooter early in his career, and that just shows you, and you got to praise Al Horford for taking that time with individual development That's to right. say, hey, I need to add something to my arsenal a little bit if I'm going to stick around in this league and if I'm going to play these minutes, you know, on a potential championship team, I got to work on my three-point shooting, and he absolutely did. Al Horford, the three-point shooter. Whoever thought we'd be saying that yeah, here in 2022, but we are, and it's effective, and you're right. He's totally worked at his game to get better at his craft as he's gotten older. Some of us get better with age. Just going to leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Wes, uh, you mentioned that you kind of like the total in this one even more than the side, even though you laid it with Golden State here a little bit. Yeah. I do like Golden State as well tonight. What side of that total do you like? Yeah, I like the under 215 and a half, and I think when you look at it, the, the possessions, there were only like 93 possessions in the game. So it wasn't like it was a super fast-paced no. game at all, necessarily. It was just really good three-point shooting. So I, I got to think that that's going to regress at least slightly here mm-hmm. in, in game number two. Yeah, it was a 93-possession game per cleaning the glass, which is actually a pretty slow pace. You know, it wasn't like you were getting 100, 105 possessions here. So I think you're going to see the efficiency dip. And keep in mind, and I mentioned this when we before we started the NBA Finals here, these are the top two teams in the league in terms of defensive efficiency for mm-hmm. the season. You have never had that happen in the NBA Finals since 1996 when it was the Bulls in their dynasty run against the Seattle Supersonics with the gloves. They can lock you down. Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and Nate McMillan and company. George Carl was the coach, so... Yeah, I think this is this seems like maybe like a a 105, 102 type of game for me or somewhere in that range, you know, like the mid 200. So thought there was some uh, at least decent number value at under 215 and a half. Bulls and six, I believe, in that series. Yes. Against Seattle. Right. But, but what a team like think about what you just said, the deep because we knew that that iteration of that Bulls team was Dennis Rodman, right? They could play a lot of defense. We know about Michael Jordan. Uh, used to win Defensive Player of the Year. Scotty Pippen can watch him down. Pippen, pretty good defender. Pretty good defender as well, right? And then you're going up against Nate McMillan. If people have forgotten, the kids have forgotten how good of a defensive guard he was. I think we know the legend that is Gary Payton, the glove. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get GP2 out there with his elbow situation to get out there in this series. But the glove could literally lock you down with the best. And then Sean Kemp could reject him when you came inside. So that was a really good, historically good two defensive teams. Mm-hmm. 
do you give the edge to Boston defensively here when you look at two of the best, if not the best, defensive teams in the NBA? You know, maybe a little bit, but but I think, look, Draymond is such a good defender, and he's such the linchpin, and that's why you have to have him out there. Now, maybe we don't need Draymond uh, taking 12 or 13 shots a game. I think he had 10 in the I middle of the t- third quarter. Did you tweet that? I thought I saw you tweet. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Something like, I don't know who gave the permission for Draymond Green. Yeah, I was like, no, man. You know, (laughs) if you're open for a layup or a dunk, fine. But it's like, you're the facilitator out there. You're the linchpin of the defense, you know. Go ahead and be that. Yeah, you don't need the offense for him, especially when you got Andrew Wiggins out there. That's right. And you got Poole off the bench and Otto Porter, I thought, hit some shots. So, Golden State, I mean, they're not going to overwhelm you offensively. So, that's why I think you just got to be so locked in defensively. And uh, they're going to need Poole and company off the bench to step up. No doubt about it. We'll talk more about that game, too. We've also got the Memorial underway. And, you know, there's no drama. It's what a five-shot, six-shot lead, five-shot lead coming into the day for Billy Horseshoes, Billy Horschel. Maybe there is some drama to come, plus the Rangers and Lightning. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back here, Betting Across America, Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds coming to you from Circus Sportsbook here in fabulous downtown Las Vegas. Had uh, breakfast this morning with my niece and her husband over at New York, New York, and she asked me about Circus. She said, Is that technically the northern? most point of the strip. And I said, well, technically it's off the strip, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So South Point, where we do our other shows out of. Like Brady always calls it the tip of the strip because the it strip. is on Las Vegas Boulevard, but right. it is obviously well south of the Mandalay Bay, which is kind of the last property on the main Las Vegas strip. So did I describe it correctly, Wes, that we are not necessarily, Circa is not necessarily the strip. It's the northernmost point of the strip? Well, we're not on Las Vegas Boulevard, though. We're on, you know, it's off of Fremont Street. Right. So it's one of the more northern properties on Fremont. But just right in the mix here, obviously, when you come down here for concerts uh, on the Third Street stage and on the Fremont stage, we are right off the Fremont Street experience. There it is, so baby. come on down. Newest property down here. Beautiful. A, a lot of things going on. So when you come out here for the summer and do your signups for the million or for the uh, Survivor Free concerts pretty much every weekend, pretty much every Saturday night. They have free concerts down no here. No doubt. A uh, lot of happenings, a lot of events. Like, there'll be, uh, I think, a beer fest somewhere down here. There always is in the summer. So, uh, good time to be had by all. And I and I told Caitlin, my, my niece and her husband, I said, they were like, well, Circus sounds beautiful. I said, it is beautiful. And I told them about Circus Swim. 
And they're like, mm-hmm. we just need to stay there next time. Yeah. So like MGM, they like MGM. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But Circus Swim is something you got to Yeah, ab- absolutely. Mix it up. And I know a lot of our listeners and viewers, regular contributors to VEASAN, they mm-hmm. come out and are so kind to us and gracious and appreciate the work that we do. You know, they kind of stay a bunch of different places. Sometimes they'll stay at the South Point. Sometimes they'll stay on the Strip. Sometimes they'll stay you know, here at Circa mm-hmm. or the Golden Nugget. So, you know, they get around and could that, those that come out here at least a few times a year. Absolutely. So, again, many options, but Circa certainly uh, one of the highlights, I would say, in Las Vegas. It's getting interesting at the Memorial. We'll talk about that. We have the U.S. Women's uh, Amateur. Is it the U.S.? It's the U.S. Women's Open down Open. in Pine Needles, and we will get to that. By the way, we do have a puck drop uh, yes. at the Amelie That's- Arena in Tampa Bay, Florida. And I went ahead and went with you, Dave. I I actually did lay the half goal yep. plus money in the first period. So it's about plus 155 is where I got it. That's going to close anywhere. 145, 150. There were still some 55s out there because I said, okay, I'm going to trust that a veteran team and a team that's a two-time defending Stanley cup champion is going to be ready to play from the absolute get go. And that crowd is going to be with them right away. So we'll see how these uh, young lion Rangers who have absolutely been, I think quicker and more physical, they and they've been. been better than Tampa Bay. This has not been a fluke. No. The Rangers, it wasn't puck luck or something random. They've been the better team, and I still think that they are the better team in the series, but I do like Tampa Bay at least to uh, get on the board early and maybe make the Rangers play from uphill at least one time in this series. No doubt. We're a minute into that first period, and I'm right there with you. Took that as well. I got it a little bit worse price. Got a plus 145 to lay that half goal here in the first. And again, I, I think the rationale was similar to the one we saw playing out in Edmonton last night, when they got that goal in the first minute uh, of the first period, you thought, well, this is this is what you do when you're down 0-2, and you mm-hmm. come back home, and you rally the troops, and you get the home crowd, and all those things. And they actually do matter. They're not just hyperbole. Those things actually do make a difference. And when you're a two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, you would think this first period, yeah. they know the importance of this first period, as you say, to make the Rangers play uphill. And they have not been. They've been playing downhill so far. So... You get out of the Mecca, Jonathan Von Tobel, mm-hmm. and you get down to Tampa, and you get out of the comforts of your own home here in New York. Let's see if they can get a goal here early, and that puts a little bit of pressure on the Rangers. I, and I get, see if they don't take a penalty immediately after the goal, like Evander like Kane and the Edmonton Oilers did last night. You know, and it's interesting because I think when you look at it, before we got to Game 3 last night, when you looked at the two teams that were down 0-2, remember, they just lost uh, those two on visiting ice, so really a series hasn't started until you win one on the road. And you kind of thought, well, if there was a team that had the better chance of getting back in from 0-2, it would be Tampa Bay. And, of course, Edmonton got good goaltending last night, but it wasn't good enough. They give up the empty netter. But really, you give up three to Colorado, you should have a good chance to win that game. They didn't. I'm not saying they're dumb, but they're down 0-3, and we know historically that's pretty much the death nail. It does feel like this series here in Tampa could get interesting Mm -hmm. if the home team today can get that victory. Do you think there would be any danger that would – potentially creep in finally for the Rangers who have been the team that's always been in the chase position down three, one to Pittsburgh down Oh two to Carolina and now being in the favorites role up to Oh now favorite mm-hmm. almost a $2 price tag here for Tampa to come back and win this series. All of a sudden that's kind of a different position for the Rangers. It is. And, and look, even in the previous round in the conference semifinals in the East, they lost the first three games in Carolina. Look, Carolina and won every home game in the playoffs were so good at home but the Rangers just happened to get game seven. So, you know, they've proven that they can at least win on the road, but this is not a team that's winning regularly on the road necessarily in the playoffs. They've just been a good matchup for Tampa Bay. They beat them in the regular season Mm -hmm. series. So 
they've continued that on. And, and it's so ironic because the Rangers, look, when I had them in that series play against Pittsburgh, I thought, oh, man, this is dead. I am on the dead wrong side. But sometimes dead wrong sides win because they did come back from three to one. A lot wow. of that was that Sid the kid, Sid yep. Crosby, missed game six with that concussion protocol. Plus the Pittsburgh Penguins were down uh, to their third goaltender, basically. But uh, they just showed the Chiron here, and that's been one of the stories of the series. 50 giveaways of the puck by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first two games. Hey. They had 32 in the four games against that sweep of the Florida Panthers. So this was a Tampa Bay team that had been so fundamentally sound. And it's the one thing to get beat and get out skated and get out athleted. But when you're getting kind of beaten in the fundamental areas of hockey, when you're giving the puck away, when you're not blocking as many shots and they were leading the playoffs and blocking shots, you're not paying the price. You're just, they just looked a step slow. And, you know, there were a couple people that came on VEASAN. I know Lou Finicaro said, Hey, sometimes when you play a lot of this playoff hockey in back-to-back-to-back years, whether you reach the cup final or the conference finals, but you go deep in the Stanley Cup playoffs year after year, sometimes that does catch up with you a little bit, and you never know when it's going to be. You follow that very closely in MMA, especially in the UFC. Fighters get old overnight. It happens and I don't quickly. know if this is necessarily what's happening in Tampa Bay. I just think the Rangers have been better. That's a good point. I, I think you're right about the younger like the younger legs. You've seen it in some of the lines for the Rangers, right? So you get past the Chris Criders of the world who have been around the block, and all of a sudden some of these young kids are outworking uh, some of John Cooper's guys. But I will say this about John Cooper. If there's ever a coach that you trust, mm-hmm. right, that he is just calm, cool, collected. Yeah. Up 2-0, down 0-2, it doesn't matter. He doesn't does not change the expression. That's a guy I trust. And in this spot here, that's why I still think this is a live dog now, even for the series price of over $2, because I think John Cooper, to your point about cleaning up the puck, I trust them to do that right. as a veteran team, to stop giving away those careless turnovers, especially in your own zone. I'd be very surprised if they came out and laid a dud. So far, we're about three and a half minutes in uh, to the first period scoreless which I think is pretty good, obviously, for Tampa Bay. If they can keep the pressure on New York early, if they can get one early, I just wonder if that changes the complexion, not just mm-hmm. for game three, but potentially for the series going forward. Yeah, you, you would think so. I mean, Tampa Bay, look, uh, they're, they're bringing the pressure. They they're trying to, but this has been pretty even through about the first four minutes. Uh, Igor Shosturskin has He's just been, been out. amazing. Uh, you just look. In that first round, he really struggled because the defense in front of him wasn't very good against Pittsburgh. And then save percentage, goals against average, off the charts. 1.72 in round two against Carolina. Only two here so far against Tampa Bay. All right, so let's see how that first period starts to play out there. Uh, very quickly, we're going to get into to much more of this as the day goes on. You know, I look up at the memorial, and it's something that, you know, we were watching Billy Horschel yesterday. You know, by the way, you pour in a 65 on Friday. You don't back that up with another 65. Mm-hmm. Oh, Billy Horschel did. So he backed it up with back-to-back 65s. It felt like a foregone conclusion. It still could be. But he has not made a birdie yet on the front nine coming out here to begin his final round Sunday. He's one over here. He's going to try to save part. It looks like he will here on eight on part the part three. Aaron Wise is hanging around. He's three back. And I don't want to call this a, a two-horse race because I see Joaquin Neiman on the board at 11, and he's still got an opportunity to hop right in yeah. there, too. But if Horschel comes back to the pack, we've seen this Sunday after Sunday after Sunday in the PGA Tour, where some guys with three, four, five-shot leads, all of a sudden they play two over. Somebody goes mm-hmm. three under, you do mm-hmm. the math. There's some striking distance for some guys here uh, for not named Billy Horschel. Yeah, to update before we got to go to break here, Billy Horschel, your leader at 12 under par. He is now down to a three-shot lead. It was five in the overnight. 
minus $3 at BetMGM if you want to get aboard Billy Horschel. Aaron Wise now second all by his lonesome trying to save par. He is only three back. He is at five to one. The two at eight under par, one being Max Homa. He is deep on the back nine. He's only got two holes to play, so he is yeah. 28 to one. Joaquin Neiman, eight under. He is two under on his round through 10 holes. He is plus 650. Daniel Berger, you can get at 50 to one. Denny McCarthy, at 125 to one, even par, nothing doing for nope. him today so far. He is six back. Sahif Tagala also six back, 125 to one. And then Patrick Cantlay, who's been Mr. Mirfield Village, has won two of the last three years. He is currently at five under, eighth by his lonesome, 125 to one. And those are the only players I have aboard here at BetMGM, a very stretched out leaderboard that we have here in Columbus. When we come back, we're going to update the Women's U.S. Open, and I wonder if there's any scenarios there that you might hop in uh, for the live options there as they're just starting here, about on the fourth hole here in the final round there. And more talk from Murrayfield. We'll keep an eye on the hockey, still scoreless right now. Five minutes gone in that first period, so we'll keep you updated there. And much more to get to as we get prepare for Game 2 in the NBA Finals tonight. Come on back, it's Vison, the Sports Betting this is betting across america on vsin the sports betting network the vsin summer special is here for only 39 dollars you get everything vsin has to offer from now to the end of july the next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at vsin.com and subscribers are going to have access to all of it including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets Jonathan Von Tobel's got you covered all the way through the NBA Finals Andy McNeil going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Finals going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage not to mention continued best bets premium articles covering golf UFC USFL and NASCAR if you want the full vsin experience which features a daily best bets email every edition of points bet weekly use of our betting tools and live video stream whenever you want it the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vsin.com slash summer. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here on Vison. Speaking of the UFC last night, had a nice night here. Uh, Alexander Volkov came through mm-hmm. for me with that KOTKO in the first round. Had that prop at plus 303. I know a lot of people were like, Herb Dean, why'd you stop it? I'm like, no, 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 right, stop it. Right. <laughs> but uh, I did think, in all honesty, it was a good stoppage. In that yeah, yeah, good night of fights. And then uh, Devin Haney uh, uh, unites, I believe, the lightweight title, went over and fought yeah. Cambosos, uh, played a road game there in, in, no in Australia. On the road. An easy winner for him. So, uh, you know, Cambosos uh, did a little bit of talking, and uh, Devin Haney did the talking in the ring, just jabbed him to death pretty much last night in that bout. I went 5-0 and on my men's bouts in the UFC, 0-2 in my women's bouts. And by the way, I'm single. <laughs> so you go figure. Uh, very quickly, we're still scoreless here in the first period between the Rangers and the Lightning here. What have you seen so far? Because it feels like Tampa Bay is putting pressure on, but we might have a hooking call coming up against Tampa Bay, which could give the first power play. Let's see if they called it, and it did. So it looks like uh, Kucherov's <laughs> going to go to the box for high sticking. Uh, boy, oh, boy, this is where it could get dicey for Tampa Bay now as they go to the, B- the PK. Yeah, and the, uh, play, the power play for the Rangers has been pretty good in the regular season, fourth in the league, even better in the playoffs, 30%. So it is Nikita Kucherov going in the box for high sticking. Ooh. Not what the Tampa Bay Lightning want to see. We're only we're only about eight minutes in here for the first period. So, so far, nothing yet on the tally sheet, but a golden opportunity for the Rangers to really put these guys in some jail early on. All right, so we'll see if the, uh, the blue shirts who are wearing white today on the road 
uh, can capitalize on that power play. But right now, Tampa Bay clears that zone here as they try to get this penalty kill going. I mentioned the memorial going on right now with Billy Horschel. And again, he had a five-shot lead to begin the day. It's down to three over Aaron Wise. But one thing I am noticing here on a Sunday, like Billy Horschel on his approach just now, hit up what I thought was a beautiful approach. Yes. And it just releases mm-hmm. and goes off the back of the green. It's really hard to hold greens today at the memorial. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what it's what it's running on the stent meter here, but it feels like these are rock-hard greens on yeah, a Sunday. Yeah, they are firm. And, and look, Jack, when he designed this uh, Muirfield Village back in the mid-'70s, this was kind of like it, a little bit of an ode to Muirfield because that's where he won his uh, first Grand Slam, I believe, when he won the Open Championship. Mm-hmm. I think it was 66. But also, Muirfield Village is like his ode to Augusta. This is very Augusta-like. It is. Bent grass greens that are pretty fast, about 13 on the stint meter. They will roll off because Jack Nicholas, you know, always says, I want to test every club in the bag. Fairways are pretty permissible here where, you, you know, where they're not exactly narrow fairways, but... You find the rough, and this is about, you know, three-plus-inch thick rough, so close to open U.S. Open standards that we're going to see here in a couple weeks. But obviously, the U.S. Open rough at Brookline, we're probably getting four or five inches, so you don't want to hit it in there. But then you see with the greens. These don't hold the greens, so you're going to have to scramble around the green. You're going to have to, you know, have 20- and 30-yard pitch shots to get up and down. You're going to have to be good with your chipping game. Mm off the green and you know even we've seen some of the best of the best we've been noticing like cameron smith and some of these guys really struggling who's amazing around the greens who's one of the best in the in the entire world as boy tampa bay almost had a shorthanded right there i'll have a breakaway there as they do kill the penalty and by the way tampa easily killed that penalty and they are pressuring right now peppering uh shesterskin here in the net but right now still nine minutes to go in the first and scoreless, but a great penalty kill there by Tampa Bay. Yeah, that was right after. It wasn't a shorty. That was right after the penalty got killed, and then they had a breakaway. Now Ooh. we have a stoppage in play, 925 left to go, no score as of yet. So, again, we'd like, I know for our sides, if Tampa could get that one, boy, that was a golden opportunity on mm-hmm. that breakaway. But, uh, again, gold. Kucherov was kind God. of, what do they call it in basketball, like cherry, cherry pick coming when out of the you box. Don't, when you don't get back on defense, and all of a sudden Kucherov is looking. He's going on. He served his two minutes. Wow. For the high-sticking penalty, and he was looking a beautiful pass out there. Boy, that was a golden opportunity, but just couldn't put it away. So if you had the under in the first period, that's looking really good right now uh, as it's still scoreless with about nine minutes to go there. I do want to talk some exactas very quickly uh, as we talk about the Stanley Cup and we get to look ahead to the finals. Look, we'd, we're not going to put Colorado in yet, mm-hmm. but it looks pretty darn good for Colorado up 3-0 uh, right now on Edmonton. And again, if you're back with the blue shirts, like, don't jinx this and start talking about New York. And uh, in Colorado in the finals. But it does appear right now, if things hold, that's where we're headed. Uh, what would you make of the exact possibilities here? Look, if you want to go with some long shots and you think the Lightning can get back in this thing, there could be some good value there. Is there anything on the board that would really interest you? Or is it right now the chalky play is Avs over Rangers at about plus ten? Yeah, probably not at this standpoint when we're only down to four, like, Usually, if they have these exactas available, like when you're in the semifinals, when you've got eight, you've still got a lot of possibilities here. But I think if we look at uh, to reach the final, it was Rangers Avs minus 250. And, you know, when the Avs are up three to nothing and the Rangers are up two to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they could especially steal one on the road, of course, that's going to be the chalky price. But Avs to beat Rangers plus 110 right now. Rangers to beat Avs plus 260. 
and then abs to beat lightning plus 375 and then tampa bay to beat colorado if they can come back and Mm. you know even the series and win two at home six to one and then you see a big drop off with these Oilers prices being down three to nothing. And you just kind of felt, look, I felt they were going to get the game last night, but I even said before that I'm like, they're not beating these guys four and five games no, to win this series. You just feel like maybe the better a little, team is Colorado. And, and Colorado, I think has been one of those teams that have been knocking at the door. They've kind of had the uh, semifinal itis, if you will, mm-hmm. getting eliminated three years in a row from the conference semifinal. So they finally crossed that hurdle. And it's like, once you finally be, you know, beat your kryptonite a little bit, once you finally slay that dragon, I think Colorado has come in with huge confidence where it's like, okay, we can take care of this team. They've never been in this situation before. Connor McJesus or not, <laughs> you know, who scored a, a great goal, obviously, to start the game 38 seconds in. And we were thinking, oh, man, we're in business. This is going to be a different team tonight. And then credit Colorado, Jared Bednar. They, they've done such a good job. Him, Joe Sackick. The former Avs player, now the GM, has made a lot of good trades, a lot of good moves. And uh, speaking of good moves, uh, about Andre Vasilevsky, he had about three really big saves there because the Rangers have got this deep in the zone. And that's been one of the stories of this series, by the way. Did you see that video? I think I, that I retweeted out where they had the kids line out there. Yes, that they call yes. It. And they had Stamkos and Sorelli for Tampa Bay. They had these dudes out there for like two minutes. My goodness, they could never clear the zone, and they just kept the puck in and kept pressuring them and pressuring them and pressuring them. And they finally you know, broke. Yeah, nothing doing. And they did break down the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now it looks like we have an icing stoppage in play, but it was pretty fast and furious. Vasilevsky had to come up big. Three Gore rebounds. Had to make a couple saves there. So uh, both these teams are putting the pressure. I think Rangers nine shots already on oh goal in Tampa Bay with already eight. And, you know, this is this is what we expected. Great goaltending. This mm-hmm. is what we and we didn't really get it, obviously, in, in game number one. It kind of tightened up a little bit in game number two as that it did was, hit that, the that, under. There was a sweater, though, for those of us that had the under. I did the old meme, the old. <laughs> because <laughs> but you it, got home. Yeah, because it, when they got that goal to make it three to two, two minutes left to go, I was like, oh, Here my God. Here comes the empty netter. Um, you know, I, had, I happened because I was doing the uh, Friday night show down mm-hmm. at the South Point with Matt Brown, primetime action, so I'm walking to my vehicle put the old ESPN plus on the phone because I'm watching this. I was like, oh, I know this is going to be painful here. And sure enough, they held on at least. And these goaltenders are holding wow. on today. Well, they and they're getting peppered on both sides here. Really good scoring opportunities for both clubs here uh, as New York's going to clear the zone here. Uh, still scoreless, eight minutes to go. But it is not dumping. Ch- We're having some good yeah. scoring opportunities here as Tampa might have another one as we speak. But it is the action is open. There are opportunities here. But the goaltenders right now are better than the offense. This is like playing the old NHL 97. It's like, what are we playing with the offsides off or something? Because they are just going back and forth here. Or or, or when you change the level against the computer where you play the easy yes. level. That's what it feels like with you just being able to go up and down the ice. So the goaltenders have absolutely been huge, which we thought that they would be. Now, very quickly, when you look at the live numbers here and st- still scoreless here with about seven minutes to go in the first, would you be apt to play the over knowing that it's obviously dropping down because we haven't any goals yet and you're watching the way the game's going or can these goaltenders just continue to stand on their heads like they have so far for the first 13 minutes? Total now is about four and a half juice to the over, $1.30, $1.35. That would be certainly where I would lean. Yeah. But- I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get involved here because these teams are both bringing it right now. They really are. So again, uh, we're going to talk much more about this with Andrew McInnes uh, coming up here right after the break. So, still scoreless. Seven minutes to go. 
But my goodness, we're getting some good scoring opportunities, but the goaltenders right now a little bit better than the offense. Bad bogey for my guy Aaron Wise. I hopped in on him on the overnights 13 to 1. Bad bogey for Aaron. He's four back as they make the Joaquin turn. Joaquin Neiman now nine under, uh, three shots behind Billy Horschel. I feel like I jinxed that somehow. Come on back. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM. MGM will log on today to give an even bigger, bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America on VEASAN. Right now, we're waiting for our first goal. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. In Tampa Bay, zero is right now up on the board. And I believe they're reviewing right now to see if maybe a delay game penalty against New York as it looked like they cleared the pucks over the board. But mm-hmm. I don't know we're in a TV timeout right now. But again, these offenses are there, but they've been stifled by great goaltending so far. Yeah, uh, Rangers, 10 shots on goal, 14 for Tampa Bay. Pretty active first period, even though no tallies on the board. So uh, Tampa Bay obviously playing with the sense of urgency that you would think that a team down 2-0 going home. Uh, we'll see if uh, they can cover that half goal at plus money here. They got about four minutes to get one in the back of the net. Let's go Tampa Bay. Let's bring in Andrew McKinnis right now to talk more things. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Andrew, great to have you back in the program. Follow him on Twitter at McKinnis Picks. And Andrew, when you look at this first period so far, we talk about the goaltending, how good it's been. I think this is what we expected from the jump of this series. Maybe it took a while to get it, but it's starting to round into kind of that defense, goaltending. If you can get two on the board, it could be good enough, and three feels like you're going to get home. Well, it's great to be here with you guys, and definitely. I mean, I can picture a one nothing game. I think we all can, looking at what we've seen, these these saves the goaltenders are making, both Vasilevsky and Igor Shosturkin. It's hard to picture any breakout, you know, uh, floodgates opening up in this hockey game. Game one, you know, we saw a team with an eight-day layoff, one team with just one-day rest. I, I saw goals in that game. I, I had the first period over. I leaned towards the full game over. 
But ever since then, it was under, under, under for me. And even last game turned into a little bit of a sweat. But right now, I feel like Tampa Bay has to prove to New York they can win low-scoring games. And, you know, Vasilevsky, I feel like he's kind of almost getting forgotten about, guys. He's the one with all these trends, all the stats. And right now, Shesterkin is the guy everyone's talking about. Andrew, at least so far through about 15 minutes of the first period here down at the Amelie Arena, Tampa Bay, both teams have been aggressive and both teams have had their chances, but it seems like Tampa feels like a little, maybe a step faster because they felt slow in the first two games. Is it, is it more of this being a veteran team that just gets kind of playoff legged here, winning two Stanley Cups in a row and having a lot of these deep runs. And then you got this kid's line for the Rangers and younger skaters where Tampa Bay is not necessarily out skating this team. Is Tampa Bay just a step slow or just the Rangers a really fast team up and down the ice? Well, I have to tip my hat to uh, the Rangers and just the secondary scoring from them. Also, the players that you might not see on the stat sheet that are showing up. You mentioned the kid line there. Some of those guys are having great uh, playoffs and a great round right now. But there's plenty of guys on the Rangers that are having a great series that you might not see getting points, getting goals, making these big defensive plays, but just doing the right things, you know, protecting their own end of the ice, getting the puck deep, um, you know, gaining possession, things like that. But, you know, an old fashioned saying, I know it's cliche, but a series doesn't start until a team loses mm -hmm. a home game right now in game three. In Tampa Bay, I expect, you know, a full effort out of Tampa Bay. And we saw John Cooper, the biggest message from him was urgency. I mean, it's the playoffs. You should have that anyway. Your coach shouldn't have to tell you that. But realistically, they have to punch back. And we are seeing that. And I'm a huge fan of how a penalty kill can give you momentum. And a really bad, frustrating penalty from Nikita Kucherov. And you see he had two chances after he came out of the box. It was a great job on the penalty kill by Nick Paul. I think penalty kills give teams momentum, but they have to turn that into something as far as the offense goes. But uh, the home crowd should get Tampa Bay going. About three minutes to go here in the first, still scoreless right now. Uh, let's take a look at some of these live numbers, and I've just watched them kind of switch in the board here, Andrew. It was at four and a half, uh, juiced to the under at about a minus $1.35. Now it's down to four. So again, with this goaltending, with every passing minute, these numbers are changing. We kind of been talking about it here. Boy, you know, you get the plus money, uh, if you want to take the under four, it's a plus a dollar over four right now, minus a dollar 30. Do you see five goals still potentially in this game? Again, the, the, the prospect of empty netters at the end always scares you here, but Andrew, which way would you lean on the live number? I would lean towards the under, and this is one of those games where I can get really excited about a one, nothing game simply based off the goaltending display we're, we're seeing, as we just talked about, you know, um, I, I don't really expect one goal to lead into open ice hockey, which sometimes that does. You see one or two goals go in and all of a sudden the floodgates come pouring open in this game. One or two goals could be enough with these goaltenders. A one or two goal lead is like the average goaltender having a four goal lead is what wow. I always say. So I think the under is in play here. I think it's going to be, you get one goal, you protect that. The empty netter is always a worry, but I feel like still at this number, it's going to be one of those ones where we're talking about it right now, guys. And then 10 minutes into the next period, people are going to wish that they bet it. So I'd say bet that now and uh, sit back and relax and watch a great show. Andrew, you, just a minute ago, you brought up the bad penalty by Kucherov. And speaking of bad penalties, I don't know if you could have a worse one oh, last boy. night than what Evander Kane had. 38 seconds after McDavid gets Edmonton on the board, crowd going nuts, and then he gets a cross-check to Nazim Kadri. Kadri now out for the rest of the series. 
And I know that Edmonton killed the major, that five-minute penalty. Mike Smith, I think he had nine, had nine shots on goal. Wow. And Mike Smith stopped all of them. But it felt, Andrew, like it could have been a different game, even if they don't take that penalty, even with the penalty kill that I almost felt like it sapped Edmonton a little bit in the first period. I couldn't agree more. And that arena is such a rocking arena. I think it has to be up there in the league with atmospheres, especially playoff atmospheres. They're so excited to be where they are in the conference finals. And, you know, it's it's funny because you mentioned, you know, even though it was a penalty kill, they got the job done. It takes away momentum. So as much as I say that sometimes you can get momentum from a penalty kill in that scenario is right after Connor McDavid opens the scoring. You take a bad penalty, the arena goes quiet, and then it kind of just takes the flow away from the game. I hate to use it like this and mention it like this. I hope he is back and Kadri is, is healthy uh, sooner than ever, but that's a big loss for them. Huge loss for Colorado. I think he's very underrated as a 200-foot hockey player. He's not just a goal scorer. He takes care of things at both ends of the ice, and so I feel like that will be a big loss for them. Yeah, I agree. And it feels like that series uh, feels like it's over at 3-0 here with Colorado. When you, when you project here, which team do you think Colorado would rather face, Andrew? Would it be Tampa Bay or New York? Who do you think they'd have? And I know they'll never admit it publicly. Who do you think they're actually rooting for to win this series? I think New York, just simply because, you know, they Tampa Bay, they're comfortable in these shootouts, you know, trading goals. At the at the end of the day as well, though, who wants to play Shesterkin right now? I right. wouldn't want to play him. I don't think any team wants to. But if you look at the way New York is winning hockey games, they're winning in low-scoring fashion. And I think, really, people haven't talked enough about the ability for the Avalanche to do the exact same thing. You know, even though they have a you know backup goaltender in net, they're still playing solid uh, defense and getting great goaltending there. So for that reason, and no disrespect towards the Rangers, no disrespect towards Shesterkin, I just think that they can kind of battle them out in low-scoring games, whereas Tampa Bay, as you know, when they get that rhythm, they start finding the back of the net. They can put up four or five goals, and that could be an issue for the Avalanche. So just for that reason, I think New York, but either team will be a challenge. Andrew, Pavel Frankuz has been pretty good in relief uh, with Darcy Kemper uh, being out the last couple games. Do you think... At this point, Jared Bednar is just not going to mess with success or maybe say, okay, we're up 3 nothing. We're going to stick with, with Frank Kuz until either he loses or has a poor performance. Do you just stick with the hot hand at least for the rest of the series? And then obviously if Darcy is back, then you go with him in the cup finals. I think that's the exact point right there. Uh, Ride with the guy playing well. Since he's been in, he's held things down. Rebound control has been really strong. Minimal rebounds in the front of the net. And he looks confident out there. It looks like he belongs. And as you mentioned, since he's been in there, um, he's played great hockey. So, look, guys, I had Edmonton plus two and a half games after game one. I thought it was a solid play. Um, I wanted to jump in. I figured Edmonton could make it a series. But you talk about Evander Kane, a guy that took that bad penalty, but also scored several goals throughout this playoffs. Mm -hmm. He's kind of been missing. Leon Dreisaitl, where's that guy right now? You know, there's the depth problem right now in the Edmonton uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, and that's a huge issue for them. Yeah, Andrew, I think it's a good point too that Colorado can kind of play both styles, right? They can they they're mm -hmm. winning defensive hockey games all of a sudden, holding Edmonton uh, to two last night after getting the shutout in game two. So, hey, you want to play up and down? We can do that. You want to play defense? We can do that too. So, be very interesting if they do, in fact, go on to the Stanley Cup Finals. Andrew, appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of this game. It's scoreless. We didn't get home, gentlemen, in our first period bet here in Tampa Bay. Scoreless after one, but still pretty exciting goaltending that we saw in that first period. Appreciate the time, Andrew, as always. Thank you.
There he is, everybody. Andrew McInnes does a great job here uh, covering the NHL. So, yeah, scoreless after one. Mm-hmm. We'll see some live But a lot there. of activity. This was not a boring uh, scoreless tie here in the first. Not at all. We'll update some of those live numbers when you come back with us right here on these and these Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.